Welcome to the Always Never Right podcast. It's a podcast for Gen Xers who've gotten a middle age and are wondering what the actual fuck happened. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. And today we're going to talk about parenting fails or in some cases parenting wins. Maybe. You never know. Six one, half dozen of the other. But mostly we're just going to talk about stuff we've been dealing with over the years with our little kiddlios. And if you aren't a parent, you still might enjoy it because our kids are kind of whack jobs. Um, oh, but, bef- <laughs> but before we start, and you know, I got to say, they take after their parents. But before we start, <laughs> let's talk cocktails. Yes, absolutely. Today's cocktail is the Mama Rosa. And you'll note that, again, this is one of those cocktails with some sort of esoteric ingredients. And so this is definitely one that Gina came up with. Yay. We thought it would be a good cocktail for this particular episode because we're talking about parenting. This one's called Mama. We thought, hey, look at the tie in there. It's very clever. Um, it's gin, which, as you all know, I don't really like. However, <laughs> I found a gin that I actually don't think is gross. It's called The Botanist, which sort of makes me think of like the Umbrella Academy or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some of those, I don't know, whatever. It's gin, the the drink itself is made of gin. It's got rose liqueur, which you can just get at the normal liquor store. I found some there. It's supposed to be wild rose liqueur, but whatever, just use rose liqueur. <laughs> gin, rose liqueur, lemon juice, grenadine, and orange bitters. And it's actually pretty tasty if you use the right kind of gin. If you use the wrong gin, it would be gross because gin's gross, except for the one that we just found. Um, so this is actually a tasty beverage. I like it. T like and T doesn't like gin at all. Like he likes gin even less than I do. Uh, he wasn't even committed to finding a gin he liked. So when I found this one, he was like, "Wait, what?" Huh? There we go. You know, it's kind of, and I'll admit the ingredients I used were, oh, that's one for the drinking game. I'll admit, I've just realized I said that a lot. You do say that a lot. I can add Back. that. There we go. Back on topic. I use the Vom Fast rose liqueur, which is brilliant. And there's a little Vom Fast store in Maplewood, right oh, outside yeah. of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And I used, and I believe I've mentioned it before, I will mention it again, Blue, the Gin by Civil Alchemy in Webster Groves, Missouri. And those two together, I just feel like I'm drinking perfume in the best way. Overall, this is a pretty tasty drink, and it does it does taste a little bit like what you would think perfume's going to taste like, but perfume doesn't taste like that, Kitty Dukakis. We've already covered this, <laughs> but um, this is pretty tasty, and I don't hate it. Thank you. I got something she doesn't hate, and I'm considering that a personal victory because I, I would, rarely I, accomplish that. I would literally drink this if I was, like, Thinking, what well, do I want something different? I'll have that. I would like literally drink this. Hella fucking Luya. I win. You do win. This is this is a win. I would actually keep this in my keep this in my liquor cabinet of things to drink. Awesome. In your apothecary liquor cabinet that you have to buy the right size bottles for everything to fit in. Not apothecary. It is a card catalog. My my bad. I should have remembered that correctly my apologies moving on all good all good and you know i should probably take a picture of that we've had a couple of 
um, listener requests. And so I'll do that. Mr. Young Gun had been excited to see the picture of the Medusa that I put up. So shout out to you, Mr. Young Gun. Yay, Young Gun. Anyhow, oh, one of, one of um, my favorite 80s movies. <laughs> so moving on to parenting fails, I'm going to get us kicked off with one of my biggest parenting fails. You go, girl. So when Millie was little, Millie has always been a very, very well-behaved child, very well-behaved. And to the point where whenever she's sort of acting like she's her own age, I kind of haven't really known what to do. And I think to myself, what's the problem? Why are you acting like this? And then I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, you're four. Or, oh, yeah, because you're 11. Because I've checked her for batteries before because yeah. there's no way this can be real. She's She's kind of amazing. But she was four, and we had just gone to Walgreens. Um, I picked her up from daycare. We went to Walgreens, and we were walking through. And normally, I would just say, hey, we're going to go in. Don't touch anything while we're in here. And she'd say, okay. And then she just wouldn't. It was just like, that's logical. I won't touch anything. This is what we'll do. We just walked through the store. We would get our stuff. We would leave. No problem. This particular day, she decided that she wanted to ask for something, which was really unusual, and and I didn't have the money to buy it. I was a single mom at the time, and she asked for something, and I don't even remember what it was. Probably a ball, because Millie loves balls. So she said, can she have this ball? And I said, no, we can't get the ball today. Maybe we'll get it another day. And Millie pitched herself down on the floor and literally had a tantrum, like kicking her feet, beating her arms, crying. And I had no idea what to do. None. Zero idea. Like I had no frame of reference for this because this had never happened before. She was the most reasonable child on the planet. And all I could do is kind of stand there with my mouth open and my arms up in the air like, what the actual fuck is going on? Looking at her... And people were walking by me, looking at me with these real judgy looks, like, get your kid under control. (laughs) You know, nobody said anything. They just walked past me. And all I could do is stand there and stare at her, like, completely aghast at what I was seeing. And finally, I got my shit together enough to say, what what are you doing? And she's screaming, and she said, I'm mad. And I said, I understand that. But what are you doing? And she stopped dead. And she stood up. She looked at me in the eye and she said, I saw that at school and it worked. (laughs) And I'm like, I I don't understand. And she said, she just kind of shrugged her shoulders and looked at me like, whatever, man, it didn't seem to work now. (laughs) And it was done. That was it. And we just got the rest of our stuff and we left and that was it. And like, that was the whole thing. But in my head, I realized that I was woefully unprepared for anything like that. Any kind of behavioral anomaly, I was a million percent unprepared for because that shit threw me for a loop for like two days. I mean, clearly, I still remember. It was in October. That's how much I remember this. This was such an anomaly. So strange. So out of character. I was like, what do I even do with this? And yet... She was just like, whatever, man, I'm just trying it out. And it didn't work, so we're done with this. And it never happened again. It was, quite honestly, the only time that ever happened 
ever. That's okay. I got to say, I would actually consider that a parenting win because you're like, why the hell are you doing that? And she's all, uh, peer pressure. And you're all get the fuck up. <laughs> Essentially. Well, no, I didn't tell her to get up. I just stood there and looked at her like, oh. as parents, other parents and grandparents and old people are walking by me like, your kid's a dick. <laughs> you know, that was good though. Nina tried that once at a Hobby Lobby and I had to throw over my shoulder and carry her out of the building because I had threatened to do that. And once you make a threat as a parent, you have to carry through on her or they don't. T- yeah. yeah. And I was pissed because I didn't get to finish shopping at Hobby Lobby, but I dug that grave myself. Yeah. So I consider that a parenting win because you called her on her shit and she went, um, okay. (laughs) I think she was just confused as to what the outcome was supposed to be. Like, I don't think she knew where to go from there. I think she just got to the point where she was like, you know, now what do I do? (laughs) So she was like, oh, okay, well, we're done now. You called her bluff instead of her calling yours. That's kind of brilliant. (laughs) I think she, I don't know. I don't know if that's a win or not. It was like the most mortifying. Like I, I was so stunned. Like, I just couldn't even. And I remember the feeling to to this day. I was completely mortified. I was completely confused. Like so confused with what was going on. This child I didn't even know. I was like, "Where's my kid? What did you do with my kid? What the hell?" So yeah, that was completely un- I had no idea what to think so I, I feel like that was a lot I feel like that was a parenting fail because I literally didn't know what was going on uh, maybe but the way you your instincts led you <laughs> apparently were dead on which I the segues nicely into one of my fails <laughs> our instincts are not necessarily dead on because um, AJ when he was little um, I'm not being an overly proud parent by saying he was smarter than the other kids around him. He just, I think that's true. That's just a statement. Yeah. I mean, he's very, he's not socially smart, but intellectually he is, I mean, he maxed out his geometric and algebraic thinking scores on his assessment testing. So, you know, yeah, kid's not dumb. He's a smart, but he's a smart kid. But when he was three, he was <laughs> He was sitting there um, playing with this hot, um, hot, hot wheels. Holy crap. I could not come up with that hot Wheels set like this garage and these little cars with daycare. And there was this other kid who kept coming over and grabbing one of the cars. But AJ had a set point. He wanted this car at, and he did not want you to fuck with it. Damn it. And every time this kid took it and moved it, AJ would grab it and put it back where he felt it had to be. And, Finally, the other kid annoyed annoyed him enough that AJ paid attention to another car the kid was playing with, and he picked it up, pitched it across the room, essentially telling the kid, go fucking fetch. And and the kid did. And the kid ran across the room and then occupied himself with that car for a long time while AJ sat there and did what he wanted with the garage. And John, the Brit, and I were struggling because we're like, we want to chastise him for being a shitty kid. But at the same time, that was really smart. So what the hell was really? It was very ingenious. I know. So I I think the situation with Millie is another one of those mixed messages things. How do you feel? I guess that's hard, you know. 
I, I feel very often like I should say something, but at the same time, like I have to remember in my head, she's only X age. She's a kid. She's a child. <laughs> Not too long ago, she was seeing something. Oh, she got a fortune. <laughs> We're at the Chinese restaurant. She got a fortune and a fortune cookie, and it said something like, through investment, you'll become, I don't know, through investment and conscious conservation you'll become wealthy or something like that she went f that i'm a kid (laughs) (laughs) no i'm a child that's what she said f that i'm a child (laughs) that's awesome like yeah that's true you're a child and i have to remember that like consciously i have to remember she's a child i've had to remember that very consciously for a long time and it's not like i've tasked her with too many things and i've never given her like assignments and stuff and you've never talked down to her either. That's that's true. And we were watching Food Network one night and there was like the kids baking championship. And this one kid's like, I don't know, nine years old. And she's talking about how she needs to whip these eggs and get them into a meringue. And then she takes the meringue and folds it into her batter to make the batter lighter. And I'm like, holy shit, Millie can't even fold a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> And it was just like literally true. Even now, I think Millie is challenged at folding shirts. She's like, I can do laundry, but she really can't do laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, here's a laundry story to make yourself feel better about that one. Uh, Nina will make me pay for this, but and deservedly so, but I'm going to tell it anyway. There was one time when she, she was younger than Millie. She's about 11. And I had asked her to turn on the dryer when she got home from school so that I could fold everything. Because I'm protective of laundry. Oh, laundry. But I had everything in the dryer. All she, and I had it set on the right setting. All she had to do is hit the start button. Um, she gets home from school and I text her, did you start the dryer? And she's like, I see a start button, but I don't know what you want me to do. I'm like, push <laughs> push the start button and granted this is like nine years ago so not verbatim obviously and she goes well I don't understand you said it would be set on the right dryer setting but it's set on like a weird setting I'm like what setting is it on she goes I don't know and I'm like okay take a picture and text it to me she texted me a picture of the washer <laughs> and well, I was like I have failed my daughter she can't tell the difference you are protective of the laundry, so she had probably never done laundry. It was my own fault. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I think that kind of goes to the things that we tell our kids, the things that we don't tell our kids. I mean, did you ever, like, have you ever outright lied to your kids? I I have an issue with that because DB lied to Nina so much that I always made a promise I would never lie to her. Although the whole Santa fiasco blew up in my face a little bit. Yeah. But um, like everything went crashing down one night, Santa, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, all of it. Um, And we tried to explain to her, Santa is the spirit inside you. But yeah, that's Uh, other than that. And the only reason that came up was she flat out asked one night, is there a Santa? And I swore I would never lie to her, so I had to tell her no. So that said, I am an attorney. I know how to spin some things. 
So, for instance, today when AJ was like, hey, do you want to go play more Mario Kart 3? I was like, mommy's got some work to do. And I went and made updates to the website, which (laughs) is something you usually do. But I'm like, that's technically work. (laughs) Technically a thing. You know, on the in the spirit of Santa, (laughs) we've talked about in the past how I used to run parades. And one of the parades I ran was the Christmas parade. And we always had a Santa there. And Santa and I knew each other from several years of doing parades together. And one night, after it was just Millie and I out on our own, um, Millie and I had gone to the mall. It was around Christmas time. And the parade Santa was not usually a mall Santa. He didn't do mall Santa stuff. He was far too important for that because Mm. mall Santas are not as important as parade Santas, I guess. There's like the hierarchy of Santa importance. That's cool. Anyhow. The parade Santa happened to be filling in for his friend who was the mall Santa that year. And he was walking to break or to lunch or something like that. And he passed me and he said, well, hello, Laurel. And I said, well, hi, Santa. And he said, is this your daughter? And I said, yes, this is Millie. And he said, well, hello, Millie. And Millie's face just like fell open. She was convinced at that point, because Santa greeted me first, that me and Santa were pretty tight. (laughs) All right. Well, I didn't say it. I just didn't (laughs) disabuse her of that idea. (laughs) So, you know, fast forward six months, she's in bed and she's not going to sleep. And I'm like, look, you need to go to sleep. It's time. Go to sleep. Blah, blah, blah. She said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm writing an email. I don't think I was writing an email. I was doing something else. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm writing an email. She said, she paused for a minute. She went, to Santa? (laughs) (laughs) Why, yes, of course. I'm writing an email to Santa in June. Of course I'm writing an email to Santa. I said, yes, is there anything you want me to tell him? And she said, she was quiet for a minute. She's, no, I'm going to sleep now. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) She didn't say anything else. So after that, we had a lot of conversations about Santa and different things. And she would just all of a sudden refer to Santa out of nowhere. So, (laughs) you know, Santa was pretty important, but I did lie to her a couple times. And it wasn't about anything earth shaking or important. I never lied to her about anything important. She, She does still believe in Santa, by the way. And I've told her the truth. I've told her. Well, you know, there did used to be a Santa a long time ago. There was a there was a guy and his name was St. Nick and, you know, they called him Santa and there was a real thing. And now, though, Santa is the spirit of Christmas and he lives in your heart. And as long as you believe in your heart with Santa, then Santa exists. If you stop believing in your heart, then that'll be different. And so she's like, then I believe so she will probably always believe in Santa. Aww. And then she asked me about the tooth fairy. And I said, I think the tooth fairy is the same as Santa. Aw. He's funny too. So as long as she believes, they're all going to be there. That's not so bad. But one thing I did lie to her about one time. She had had a couple of nights where she had bad dreams. And she was afraid to go to sleep. It was when we were living by ourselves. And... 
she was asking me what she could do about it. And I said, well, actually, Santa delivered something to me the other day for you. And I went into my bedroom and I was like digging around for something to give her. <laughs> and I happened to find what became known as a bad dream guy. And it was actually the little toe separators that they give you when you get your pedicures done. <laughs> and I took it in there and I said, this is a very special item. You put it between your fingers while you're sleeping. And I would help her put it between her fingers and it would stay, you know, because it's something that wouldn't get dropped. Mm-hmm. So it would stay between her fingers or she could just put it under her pillow. And either way, that would help her not have bad dreams. So the next morning she woke up and I said, did you put your bad dream guy someplace, someplace safe? And she said, yes. And I said, did you have bad dreams last night? She said, no, I didn't. Wow. I'm like, all right, sweet. <laughs> Parody. You know, psychosomatic totally counts as accurate. If it works, it works. Yeah, but it's still lying. Well, there's that. And of course, then years later, when we went to get a pedicure, she's all, it's weird that they use bad dream guys here. <laughs> <laughs> That's super weird. Huh. <laughs> well, I guess they want to make sure that there are no nightmares after these petties. A lot of people sleep during these, I guess. They probably I- just doze off totally i do totally valid <laughs> she now knows that they're pedicure things you make me that she remembers that i said santa gave them to me you make me regret ever making that vow to nina <laughs> i could have gotten away with so i remember when you were telling me about monster spray just oh uh, yeah just Put water in a spray bottle and spray it around and say, okay, you're protected from monsters. No monsters can get in your room. No monsters. That's for sure. I got to admit, I couldn't do it because of that stupid vow I made. You. Well, the thing is, would she have known if you broke that vow? No. No, but I would have. Yeah. So. I also told her when she used to. She's always been a very helpful kid. Oh, and yes. She always wanted to help me. So, like, when we would come back from Target or something, we were unloading the cart, she'd want to help me unload the cart. And I would tell her that the best way she could help me is by holding the car still. So I told her to put her hand on the <laughs> circle in the car. So she would put her hand on the gas tank thing and then put her other hand on the, like, whatever she could reach there. And, like, hold the car still while I get everything in the into the car. And it served two purposes. One, she would hold the car still and she was helping. And two, I knew exactly where she was and I didn't have to worry about her running out in traffic because I needed her to hold the car still. You know what? Not a lie. Because that was the best way she could help you. Absolutely. <laughs> then she would help me push the car back over and we'd be done. But, you know, still, I didn't feel like a very good parent sometimes. You know what, though? I became a mom first, but you kind of owned it first. (laughs) So I was like, holy hell, you totally should have gotten here before me so I could have stolen all your ideas. (laughs) Anyway, but you are a good substitute mom to Miss Nina, and I appreciate that. She and I were talking about that this week. Really? Yeah. Oh, awesome. I think of her as my other daughter. Aw, Cool. I know she thinks of you as the other cooler mom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So 
what do what do we want to talk about next? What's your next what's your next parenting fail? I think the most obvious parenting fail, and I know you will agree with this, is when I told Nina I was getting married to John the Brit, who the first time she met him, she completely and utterly fell in love with him. It was a huge test. If it did not go well, I could not have gone further. True. Because um, your child, that's the way it is. Kids come Thank- first. Kids come first. Thankfully, she completely and utterly adored him and treated him like a human playground from the minute she <laughs> met him. She totally did. She climbed his legs. She climbed his back. She made him lift her up in the air. She made him stand there with his legs rigid so she could slide down. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. It was hilarious. Um, so when I said, as we've well established, I do not cook. I'm a shitty cook. Two words, pumpkin soup. Uh, there it is so when i told her all right honey you know what i'm gonna marry john the brit how do you feel about that and her response was yay i don't have to eat out of a can (laughs) yeah yeah i i i failed at that i remember when she was four years old i taught her how to make scrambled eggs and they were automatically better than anything i could ever do and i just kind of looked at those beautiful fluffy perfect scrambled eggs my fucking four-year-old made and i went well shit i think you could actually parlay that i don't have to eat out of a can into your next one about the time she got sick oh my gosh i can't remember what is it what i don't think was I married to John the Brit yet? I can't no, remember. No, you guys were no. still living in the little house. You weren't married to him yet. And you had come to our house for dinner, I think. Um, I Actually, I think we went to... Eat. Did we go out? We went out to eat. Yeah. And we got... One of Nina's favorite things was spaghetti and meatballs. Because at yeah. the time, she was like four. Because four-year-olds love spaghetti. <laughs> no kidding. So I, I remember that... I went out with you and Stick and Nina. And we came back to the house and Nina always complained about stomach aches. So I was like, whatever. She's like, my stomach. So when we were at dinner, I'm like, just eat your meatball. Eat the damn meatball. Eat the spaghetti. And my stomach hurts. Oh, fucking just eat that meatball. I was, I was almost into like Linda Blair mom mode. Yeah, you're close. I was close. It was a rough night. I I think I intervened and got her to eat a little bit. You did. Bless your heart. Um, (laughs) Really? Bless my heart? (laughs) You were, well, not in the Southern way, in the Midwestern way. I mean, bless my heart in retrospect. Is it still bless my heart? Or butt the fuck out? (laughs) (laughs) It's still bless your heart because you meant well. Um, So we get home and I put her to bed and she's like, my stomach hurts. And in my back of my head, I'm going, your stomach always fucking hurts. Shut the fuck up and go to sleep. Um, But I didn't say that because I'm in mom mode. I may be tired and crabby, but I'm in mom mode. Oh, yeah. Like, you'll be okay, sweetie. It's okay. You're fine. You just maybe ate a bit much. You're a little worked up. It was an exciting night. We did new stuff, all that. Well, like midnight three in the morning somewhere in there she gets up and she chucks all over the uh, area rug in her room <laughs> i'm scrubbing spaghetti stains out of that fucker for months and i'm like just pitched it damn it i should have listened to her <laughs> so, uh, I have to say, millie did that once she's 
she was constantly telling me how her tummy hurts, her tummy hurts. And I would have to ask her for clarification. Does your tummy hurt like owie hurt or does it feel like you want to throw up? And she'd be like, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Well, they're two different things. So which is it? (laughs) Like, why don't you know the answer to this? Come on, man. You're like seven. You should know this. (laughs) So she's, she's in her room and she goes to bed and I wake up to what sounds like water running. Okay. Not, not a little bit of water running. It sounds like um, a waterfall. Oh, it was no. her throwing up on her bed. <laughs> on her bed. Not so imagine bad. taking a pitcher of water and pouring it onto your bed. That's what it sounded like. I'm so I'm glad so I'm glad. not the only person to have done that. No, and then she's like, I told you I didn't feel good. But the worst part is, okay, so I can clean the sheets. I can pull all that crap off of there, whatever, which I sort of did. (laughs) I sort of, like, I pulled the sheets and stuff off the mattress because I didn't want it to soak through to the mattress. But it actually kind of went down the side of the mattress onto the bed frame itself. Oh. Right? (laughs) So I didn't have any clean sheets right then to put on her bed. So I literally took her into the guest room, which I always had sheets on because it was also my office at the time. And I'm like, sleep in here. It's fine. (laughs) Just sleep in here tonight. (laughs) There you go. I put a trash can next to her bed, which I had a trash can next to her bed anyway because she's like, she thought she was going to be sick. And I'm like, well, just throw up into this. What's the problem? (laughs) So for the next like 13 nights in a row, she's like, I need to sleep with a trash can. Yeah, you don't you don't still need to sleep with a trash can. You're fine. You're not sick. You don't have a fever. There's nothing wrong with you. And now to this day, she's like, I think I need to sleep with a trash can. I'm like, oh my freaking god. <laughs> oh man, did I ever tell you about sprinkler, Nina? No. When I was still married to DB. There was, which is perfect, frankly, there was one night where she was sick as a dog. And again, I didn't, she always complained about an upset stomach, so I didn't. Same. And I wish now that I had listened a few of those times, but whatever. Um, But you would have been listening every single night. I mean, I totally get that. Thank you. I guess kind of like the one episode where mom was like, if we took you to the emergency room, every time you fell out of a tree, we would have gone bankrupt. Exactly. Um, But at the same time, I didn't listen. I'm like, oh, she's fine. And I went to bed, woke up in the middle of the night. She's standing on the foot of our bed and starts going like a fucking sprinkler. Puking. She's whipping her head back and forth because she's screaming and crying because of what's happening. And she's puking and spreading it all over everything. And I'm like... This is what I deserve. <laughs> and of course, DB was like, you got to clean this up. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Of course, you know, there are lots of things that deserve. I, I know I've told you this one before, but for the listeners, we took a family vacation once, me and John the Brit and AJ and Nina. And we went to this little store. We went to Hannibal, Missouri. And That's we a- went... Oh, it's very, it's very fun. And we, we went there and we went to the little train shop. 
where they had the model trains in the back and some toys in the front. We did the ghost tours. Oh, the ghost tours are awesome, obviously. So preach it to the choir. We did the um, ghost tour in the and the cave. The cave is brilliant. Um, no, but our family we have to do trains because trains. So we boys are dumb and they like trains. <laughs> I like trains. You really? <laughs> I well, love trains. Dad worked for the railroad. True. Dad worked for the railroad and. Um, I, I do love trains. I must derail the train once, but that's dad's parent. That. That's I dad's parent fail and not mine. I actually believe that. I think you could just derail the train by existing, actually. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So Okay. So you went to the train shop. So we went to the train to the train shop and we were looking at the trains and we came back out. We were John the Brit and I were talking to the owners because we were just fascinated by the whole concept that they had all these model trains in the back and the toys in the front. And we turn around and look. And at the time, AJ's maybe four, which would make Nina around 12. And AJ was dividing the dinosaurs by carnivore and herbivore and then putting them in high order. And Nina was alphabetizing the refrigerator magnets. <laughs> and John the Brett looked at me and said, you realize the common denominator is you. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And there we are. So parenting fail by existing. I guess that's partly true. But then at the same time, they're both super smart. And the common denominator is you. Yes, indeed. We'll go. That's the part I prefer to think of. There you go. I think that's true. Although, I don't know. Do you have another Millie parenting fail? Or should I use that as a dig on Dear Sweet John the Brit and one of his parenting fails? Oh, let's do that. I have some, but let's, let's, let's see what John the Brit failed at. So, John the Brit, I had gone to a conference in a huge... Midwestern city that was several hours away, got up early, hit the road. Love you boys. Love Nina. You all be good. I'm taking off for a few days. I'll be back. I get to this Midwestern city, which is about three hours away. And I'm looking at my text messages and suddenly I see one that says, I think I've just broken my leg. And all I could think <laughs> is what the fuck? I remember this. Turns out John the Brit um, Nina was at, at school. Um, AJ was home for whatever reason. I can't remember why now. Um, and was still in his pajamas because we, we let him hang around in pajamas on his days off because we spoil him. And um, John the Brit was trying to get all of his toys down into the basement. So he put all of AJ's trains, which as I just mentioned, trains are a thing, especially for our little man. He put all of his trains in these boxes and tried to take them downstairs so AJ could play while he was working in the basement. And uh, because I keep my husbands in basements to do their work because they don't disturb me. So (laughs) heck yes. So um, as he got to like the second from the bottom step, not even way up, Second from the bottom step, because he's carrying all these boxes, he trips and falls, breaks his fucking leg. (laughs) Two steps down, 
Rex's leg. Not the main weight-bearing bone, but the supplementary bone that holds some of the ligaments in place. Yeah. Snaps it. Nice. So I'm in this giant Midwestern city, and I'm looking at my texts going, oh, whatever. He's being a man because... It's not broken. It's not broken. I'm sure he's fine. Sure he's fine. So I give him a call and go, what is this about you breaking your leg? And I hear... Yeah, I think I broke my leg. I've called the ambulance. I'm like, oh, fuck. I think he actually did break his leg. And I went into terror mode because I'm like, shit, I'm picturing him laying splayed out at the bottom of the stairs, unable to move. AJ standing by his side, bawling because his father is dying. All this stuff running through my head. I whiz back. By the time I make it back many, many hours later by car, um, he's being released from the hospital after having no painkillers, but his leg is in a cast because he fucking broke his leg. He snapped the, um, the tibula. I can't remember. Snapped it in half. There's still a bump on the side of his leg. Cause they're like, well, we can do surgery and we can replace it. So it grows back together. Right. Or since it's not a load bearing bone, which you can just let it heal the way it is. Uh, and he's, no. and you know, my husband had shots. He's yeah. like, just let it heal the way it is. Growing together all jaggedy on the side of his leg because he doesn't like needles is what it boils down to. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but that's, that's I would have slapped him around and made him do it. <laughs> and what's even better, the little we lived in this really, really highfalutin suburb of a giant major Midwestern city at the time, which we yeah. didn't know until we got there. We just knew it had a great um, autism support system. So we bought the cheapest fucking house we could get in that area. So anyway, in this little tiny suburb we lived in, it had two streets that the only difference was like street name, Way, street name, Drive. Oh. We lived on Way. Drive had the same house numbers. And they oh, were, shit. They were one block apart. So when John the Brit called the ambulance, they went to the neighbor's house. Oh, God. So he... With a broken leg, climbed up the stairs, got clothes out for AJ, went out into the front lawn to wait for the ambulance, and ended up standing there in one leg, hopping up and down, trying to wave down the fire truck, the ambulance, and the police car, who all at the unoccupied, because it was new construction, neighbor's house. That's ridiculous. And of course, when I got back to town, went straight to the hospital to pick him up, he's standing, he's sitting there in the wheelchair waiting for me, Alan's... AJ is standing next to him going, I got to ride in an ambulance. I saw the x-rays. He just had a great time. Oh, yeah. And, and John the Brit. I, he wasn't there. scared at all. I'm sure even with, like, you were saying that you pictured John the Brit, like, splayed out at the bottom and AJ standing next to him crying. I picture John the Brit splayed out at the bottom of the stairs and AJ going, that's cool. Can I touch it? <laughs> Pretty much. That's what I see in my head. And with no painkillers whatsoever, John the Brit looks at me and goes, I broke me leg. <laughs> Go you, baby. Anyway, so I'm done with that. <laughs> well, let's see. What does that parlay into for me, parenting fails wise? So I think we could push this towards a little bit of a religion thing. <laughs> yeah, there we go, because I praise God my husband was still alive. <laughs> I think that counts totally fit segue there you go thank you for that thank you for handing it off to me no problem 
So you might know, and our listeners do not, that I grew up as a Unitarian Universalist, which is not necessarily a mainstream religion, but it's not like a kook religion. We're not like crazy people or anything like that. Um, But we're not Catholic by any stretch of the imagination. And so there's been a couple of times when I felt like maybe I had a little bit of a religion fail with Millie. (laughs) One time we were at the party store and there was you know, all these different cardboard cutouts of celebrities and stuff like that that you can have at your party. Like, you can have the Jonas Brothers, you can have Taylor Swift and whatever. And so she wanted me to take her picture with all these different cutouts. And so, like, I took her picture with the Joe Bros. And <laughs> she knew who all these people were. And I was really surprised because she was, like, four or five at the time, <laughs> maybe five. Took her picture with the Jonas Brothers, took her picture with Taylor Swift, took her picture with maybe Britney Spears. And then she goes over to um, a cutout of Jesus. And she's like, take my picture with him. I said, do you know who that is? And she goes, yeah, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's not, but okay. (laughs) I'll take your picture with him. (laughs) But it kind of looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi because he had like the thing over his head. And, you know, he was kind of dressed like Obi-Wan. I totally see that. It also reminds me of our favorite text exchange ever, which still cracks me up to this day. Do you remember what, we, what you texted to me once? What did I text you? I believe it was um, on Easter Sunday. And <laughs> I remember being in the church basement because I'm a United Methodist. And I remember being in the church basement and a text pops up that says, Happy Zombie Jesus Day. Hope you enjoy your casserole and free coffee. <laughs> <laughs> To which I responded, if you recall. (laughs) You responded, I hope you enjoy your vegan casserole and free trade coffee. (laughs) There we go. Because that's how we Unitarians roll. That's right. Well, my favorites. Millie has gone to different churches with different people. and, And that's always cool. I did that a lot when I was a kid, too. I went to different churches. I was Catholic and Episcopal and Lutheran. And I went to, um, I had a friend who was Muslim and I had a friend who was Jewish and I went to all these different things and got to experience these different religions. And I thought it was really cool. I loved it. Um, So one day Millie asked if she could go with her friend to church and her friend was Catholic. So they went to, they went to mass. She gets home and she's telling us how they were standing up and kneeling and standing up and kneeling. And I said, well, did you, did you have things to say while you were standing up and while you were kneeling? And she said, oh, yeah, we said stuff like all hail Jesus and all man and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Which actually reminds me of one of the funniest things DB ever said, Um, because he was Catholic. What do you say? One of the funniest things he ever said was, you know, the Catholics really should release an exercise video called Genuflex. (laughs) (laughs) Kneel, stand, kneel, stand. It's great for your glutes. That's a that's actually really funny. I know. I was very proud of him. Honestly, the funniest thing Stick ever said was one time he got out of bed and the cat was next to the bed. <laughs> he accidentally stepped on her and he said, oh, no, I just petted the cat really hard with my foot. <laughs> that was awesome. literally the funniest thing he ever said. So I, I have to reveal one of my most recent parody fails because I feel like... <laughs> I feel like such a massive idiot over this. Is this the one that kicked off the whole episode? Yes, this is the one that inspired this episode's very being. This is a really good one. So we record these a couple of weeks ahead of time. So um, 
the day after Memorial Day, which for me was just this last Tuesday, I got AJ up for school, got him dressed. Except school was out, of course. He, The last day of fifth grade, he goes, I entered school as a fifth grader and I have left as a sixth grader because he's fucking deep. That's pretty deep. That is pretty deep. Millie was just like, whoa, this is my <laughs> summer of middle school. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Scary as fucking hell. Right? Uh, oh, my gosh. There's no way that she's that old. Anyway, AJ, I get him up. I make pack his lunch like I do every day, getting him ready for school. And I'm like, okay, you so I you want to take a book so that during your downtime you can read. And he goes, can I take anything else? And I'm like, well, you know what? Let me check and see if it's a field trip day. I'll pull up the calendar. And if it's not a field trip day, you can probably take your iPad or something. So I pull up the calendar and I'm like, well, this is strange. The calendar starts June 3rd. How odd. I wonder why they would do that. Where's May? Oh, wait, June 3rd says first day of camp. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So it's that very morning because AJ happened to ask a question that I realized he's not going fucking anywhere today. He's staying (laughs) home. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah, so John. That's amazing. So John the Brit took that day off work um, because he had work. He does contract work on the side for another company. He could do that and still earn money. And I made arrangements to work from home the rest of the week. And I <laughs> felt like a giant fucking moron the entire rest of the time. So oh, whatever. Yay. Where's my kid going today? I don't fucking know. <sighs> I'm, I'm just going to drop him off somewhere. I've done that at least once. And, but okay. I'm going to be honest when I say for me, and this is not a slam on you. <laughs> For me, most of the time when all that shit went down, it was because Millie did not give me the right paperwork. Like, (laughs) I'd be like, yeah, we'll sign you up for this shit. And we'd sign her up for it. And it would be like time to go. And she wouldn't give me the stuff that was supposed to happen until like the night before. It's sort of like that whole, oh, by the way, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, you have to have cupcakes at the school. I'd be like, well, I guess we're going to Kroger on our way to school. (laughs) Oh, that, that's what kids do anyway. I, have, you seen, have you seen the comic going down around recently where the alien parent is talking to the alien child yes. and, and the parent's like, why the hell didn't you, t- you need a human tonight? Why didn't you tell me it was science fair earlier? This is how alien abductions happen. This is why yeah. all alien abductions happen at night or something like that. Thank yeah. you. I, I was too drunk to go back originally to the intro to that. Well, that kind of goes with my next subject, which is birthday party presents. How many times have you had to pick up a present like at the last minute because your your kid's like, I got invited to a birthday party and it's tomorrow. And you're like, oh, shit. 90 infinity times? Do go yeah. on. Yeah. So Millie is a non-traditional girl. She has been a non-traditional girl for most of her life. She's not super girly. She's not like, let's get dolls. Let's play this. Let's do Barbies. Like her Barbies, we have a picture of like her playing with her Barbies and her little dolls. And they all had like guns and stuff. (laughs) I don't know why they had guns. Like, I don't know where that came from. That's not a Unitarian thing. I can relate to her though, because when mom and dad got me the Barbie townhouse, the elevator and everything. I did two things. 
Either I trapped Barbie in the elevator and had it start running again when she was halfway through crawling out, or I turned it around and pretended all the pins that held the cardboard backing in were buttons on the Starship Enterprise. Starship Enterprise. Oh, I like when you're drunk. Me too. So, overall... Okay, hold on. Sorry. I keep talking over you. I really need to get over But the turn crack the more I do it. You're doing good, though. I like it. It's fine. I talk over you all the time. Yeah, yeah. So Millie got invited to her friend Michaela's birthday. And it was, like, the next day. So it's, like, Friday. I pick her up from school. She's like, Michaela's birthday is tomorrow. We got to go get a present. I'm like, oh, shit. We got to go get a present. So we went to TJ Maxx. And I'm like, okay, we can get something for, like, 10 bucks here. It's no big deal. TJ Maxx has all kinds of stuff. TJ Maxx is the bomb.com. Yes. So we get there. We're looking through all of the shit. Millie instantly gravitates to, you would think balls because balls are her favorite thing, but she knew that, that uh, Michaela wasn't all that into balls. I cannot do anything but snort laugh every time you say that. Well, Millie loves balls. We all know this. <laughs> so Michaela did not love balls as much as Millie. So Millie knew this and Millie decided to pull... Um, some other kind of toy for Michaela and decided that this particular toy would be the best toy. And I'm like, I don't really know about this. It was a Chris Jericho doll. Chris <laughs> Jericho is a wrestler. And this particular doll played like the Chris Jericho theme song. And as it played the theme song, Chris Jericho standing there and he's got this like pose with his fists out and he's like, and so the theme song plays and he's like, I'm going to get you. (laughs) And like, whatever. But I'm like, I don't really think this is appropriate for a four year old girl. I don't feel like this is where we're going with this. I feel like maybe Millie's like Michaela's parents wouldn't like this. I don't think they would like it at all. So I was able to say to Millie, um, let's see if we can find something a little different for her. I think this might scare the babies at their house because sometimes they have babies come over to visit. (laughs) I didn't know if they had babies over to visit or anything. I'm just like trying to find a reason not to get this stupid Chris Jericho toy. (laughs) And we ended up with some sort of purple hippo thing instead. That works. But this was like her first birthday party. So I was new with this. And so I went to drop her off and, and I didn't know if I was supposed to stay or if I could go. Like that was one of those new things that I was, can I go grocery shopping while you watch my kid for free for two hours? Isn't that, that was cool. That was awesome. I didn't realize until Nina, I didn't realize that birthday parties were a thing we could just drop your kid off and leave. It's like babysitting for free. I know. So cool. But it's then fun. when you're the babysitter, it sucks. Oh my gosh. I was convinced we lost a kid once and we eventually. Oh, that'd be a parenting fail. <laughs> that'd be a parenting fail. It was at one of those places where you, it wasn't Chuck E. Cheese, but it was a, a place that had like all this interior, you know how when you go to a McDonald's playland? Yeah, yeah. There was it one was... in our town that was called Bonkers. Yeah, I, I cannot for the 
any other time of day I could probably remember, but after the number of cocktails I've had, I cannot. Doesn't, um, doesn't matter. But I could not remember, but we're sitting there going, I know this fucking kid came in. Where the fuck is he? And we were like looking all over the playground equipment trying to find him. We finally found him. Crisis averted because you know those places. Plus those places have those things, those protections where you, kids can't get in and out without proper supervision. Right. But still, I was fucking panicked because mine not working when other people's children are missing. No, I would panic too. Yeah, but he was just up in like one of the little climby things in in the nets and AJ found him easily enough. He's like, he's right there because my kids to the point. Well, that's lucky. That's really lucky. That's one of the reasons we don't have birthday parties. Also, I'm lazy. <laughs> One of the, we used to have them all the time for Dina. We have usually ice skating rings because she's got, got a summer birthday and it's a nice yeah. way for everyone to cool off. Nice, cool. AJ doesn't give two shits. So we're like, okay, awesome. We'll take you to IHOP. Yay. <laughs> Millie kind of doesn't really like to have too many kids around until recently, though I think she'd be thrilled if we just had like a pool party at our house here. Yeah. Uh, we did have a we had two big parties for her for her 13th birthday. We had one that was, it ended up being mostly adults. We got this super fancy cake from one of those cake people on TV. Ooh. I know it was so neat. And we got to go and have like me and Rexy and T all went together to choose the cake for Millie. And we got to taste all the cakes and they had 12 flavors for us to taste. And they like set it up like a clock where we tasted 12 different bites of cake. Oh my God, they were so good. (laughs) And then we discussed what we wanted the design to be like. And, you know, we're like, well, Millie loves Subway and Millie wants to be a DJ and Millie does all of this stuff. And so they made it literally like a turntable and it had Subway Roberts and it had pictures of drag queens on it. And it was very, really awesome. It was so cool. So it was it was completely worth it. Now, the only problem was we only ended up having like she was supposed to invite some of her friends to this also. And then that it kind of didn't work out the way we thought it was going to. So only like 15 people came (laughs) and we had a cake for 50. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, we had a lot. (laughs) We still have cake left. It's in the freezer. I'll have some when you come back. Okay, I would love that. It's butter bourbon flavor, and it's so good. Oh, fuck me. That sounds amazing. It's delicious. Um, 15 for us would be an overload, though. Uh, Well, 15 for us would be a lot, but it ended up being really good. Our bears came to visit, and they brought their son, and that's where Millie and he got acquainted. And then our friends from Tulsa came down and brought their kid, and that ended up working out really well. So the three of them, like, hung out and all the grown-ups hung out together. So it ended up being a really fun time for everybody, but there wasn't very many people. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so you did that that's one place where I'm very lucky though, going back to the cakes a bit. John the Brit loves to make artistic cakes. He makes pretty cakes. Oh, he does. I still remember Nina's, I think it was a No, it was uh, okay, I got to think. I was friend. So 8th birthday. Must have been 8th birthday. Um, he made her one that had blue icing that he flipped up to look like waves and he made rice krispie treats but molded them 
in the shape of whales and then coated them with black and white fondant so they looked like orcas. And then did you sing the whale songs? I did not sing the whale songs. (laughs) 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 Nina's favorite animal is the whale. So he made her a whale cake. And then another year he made her a cake that looked like two gifts stacked on top of each other. Very cool. Yeah, he makes nice cakes. He really does. He, Do they taste good too? They taste awesome. Good for him. He's a, oh, maybe like he should it, get a job at a bakery. Maybe because you know, like like I said, uh, Nina no longer had to eat out of a can once I got married. A bonus. I think I told you on our second anniversary because you and Stick came up to visit, um, and we had. Um, was think that of the it time so- we had British food? <laughs> I, we, I can't remember, but I know we bought ravioli for Millie. And yeah. there, was, there was ravioli left over after you guys left. And Nina had it for dinner one night. And she goes, wow, I haven't had ravioli in, what, two years? And she looked at me very pointedly. And I'm like, you little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, screw you. <laughs> Thank you, motherfucker. <laughs> so, love you, Nina. Well, you know, the fact that I, that kind of a little bit parlays into what I was going to say. Uh, one of my other stories, uh, a few years ago, now this is a parenting fail. A few years ago, we were watching the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. <laughs> and there was a guy on there who was from Canada. And, like, they show all the different people. And they come up and they're like, yeah, I'm going to win. I'm going to do so good. And really, it comes down to, like, two guys. <laughs> everybody else can eat really well. But the two guys, I mean, everybody else is just fighting for third place. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> so the one guy that came up last, he's sort of like the wild card slot. And he come, he came from Canada. And they kept showing him throughout the contest. And he was just sort of, like, barely eating. Like, he was just sort of, like, munching a little bit of hot dogs and, like, watching what was going on, mostly. And they would say the Canadian guy is just doing his own thing. And so Millie, for some reason, started to think that Canadian meant slow. She didn't realize it was a country. She just thought it meant slow. So she would use that term. She would use the term Canadian when she was talking about something slow. So one day we're driving down the road and we get behind I don't know some car got in front of us and was going really really slow <laughs> and she said two things that just killed me first of all she goes is that a Buick what are they Canadian <laughs> because she knew that Buicks were old people cars and old people drive slow and then she knew that they were Canadian because obviously they were going really slow so I felt like that was a huge parenting fail because first of all I needed to tell her that Canada was a country and not it didn't mean slow and secondly I needed to let her know that not all people who drive Buicks are slow (laughs) since you used to drive a Buick I did used to drive a Buick I don't anymore but so is it a parenting fail that she Anyway, I'll stop. I wasn't driving a Buick at the time, though. True. True. (laughs) So that's kind of where we went with that. And, like, I didn't have... 
there was not much I could tell her about that. But just in general, she just for a long time thought that if you were Canadian, if she heard something was Canadian, she meant it was it meant it was slow. That's hilarious. That's a Canadian coin. What? It's slow. <laughs> no. No, but it's a loon. Uh, it's a loony or a toony. <laughs> Oh my gosh. And please understand for our Canadian listeners, we do not think Canadians are slow. We actually think Canadians are awesome. Hell yeah. I've considered moving there on more than one occasion. Absolutely. I grew up in Michigan and we're right by Canada. And uh, I feel like I could do the accent and fit right in. She could. She picks up accents like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah, it's great. I could totally do the Canadian accent. It's amazing. I could do that anytime you want. <laughs> oh, whereas I can uh, only affect a southern drawl and maybe a, a um, stereotypical Swedish. But... Oh, man, I got to go find my friend before they put her in the chipper shredder. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we've about exhausted our list i'm sure our list could have been much much longer i know mine could have oh for sure <laughs> i can dig through a lot of parenting fails oh shit but let's on let let's end on some high notes shall we yeah so because we both have examples not necessarily that we did them but we both because <laughs> we're still figuring life the fuck out mm-hmm. um but we both have examples of very distinct parenting wins to cite oh, to. Yeah. In case anyone ever wants to use these, because if you're our age, you probably have teenagers. Yeah. These are these are both golden. Um, do you want me to start, or do you want? To, yeah, you, go ahead. Okay. So, my dad had one of the best parenting wins I've ever witnessed in, in my entire life, and I'm. I'm the youngest um, of four siblings, and the next in age up from me is my brother, who's nine years older than I am. One of the things he did is in high school, one night he went out and got rip-roaring drunk at a party. And rather than come home, he had had the good sense to realize partway through the drive home that he should not be driving. And as I've mentioned many times before, I grew up on a farm, so he just pulled over on one of the dirt roads off on to the entryway into a field and went to sleep. He's like, I'm going to sleep this off. So he slept for a few hours. Of course, my mother, knowing that he did not come home, went into a huge ass panic and began driving up and down every country road in our area, looking for his dead body on the side of the road as farm mothers are wont to do when their children are missing. So she came home and was like, I can't find him. And she was panicked all night long. And, um, Dad, um, this was actually on a night when Dad wasn't working for a change because, you know, he'd work farm all day, sleep three hours, work all night, sleep three hours. Um, And he's like, okay, listen, let me handle it when he comes home. She's like, no, let me handle it when he comes home. But no, let me handle it when he comes home. So, and I'm just fascinated watching all this at like seven. I'm like, this is the coolest thing. I'm going to pay attention. So, um, my brother gets home at like five in the morning. That's when he finally feels sober enough to drive the rest of the way. As he's walking up the hill to the house, my dad walks out the front door and it's like, ah, you got here just in time. Time to go throw hay. 
So it takes my brother right out into the field, works him all fucking day, gives him nothing but water. My brother is puking his guts up, but he dare not say word one to my dad about I can't do this because he's trying to out tough my father, which you've met my father. Yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. I don't care how many bulls you ride. You cannot out tough my dad. Your dad was a badass. He was. I miss him so much. So dad has him throwing hay all day. Never says a word about him being 16 years old and drunk off his ass. Works his ass off all day. My brother is puking his ass out in the field all day, but he's not about to say no to dad. Comes home. Did my brother do it again? Yeah. But you know what? It's still one of the most brilliant forms of punishment I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, I think punishment wise, I think parents, my parents were pretty good at like the guilt trip kind of thing. <laughs> so we had friends whose house burned down. Um when I was in middle school and also our next door neighbors had a house fire when we, when I was in middle school. And when I got into high school, my friends and I, um, almost say I was not a good kid. <laughs> I was a good kid. Like, you know, I say air quotes, good kid, but I wasn't good as in like did all obeyed all the rules and all that shit. Like I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't even really have sex until I was out of high school, except, well, that's a totally different story. We'll have that story later. But I wasn't like good. I wasn't bad. I just didn't follow the rules. I was, I've never really been a rule follower. Imagine that. <laughs> but so we've had close friends with a house fire. We had next door neighbors with a house fire. When I was in high school, early high school, my friends would come over and we would sleep in the basement and the basement actually had a door that went outside and we would walk out the door, walk over to like, we'd go over the hill to this other neighborhood and meet up with some other guys that we knew. And we would just like basically walk around. We didn't do anything. It's not like we drank beer. It was, we weren't smoking. We weren't doing drugs or anything. We were just like really walking around all night long, like for a few hours. Not the whole night. We didn't do it till dawn or anything. We would leave the house. We would go out and do stuff and come back later. Fast forward a little ways and I get in trouble at school. And I wasn't allowed to come back to school until I told my parents and brought my parents in to see the principal. Ooh. Yeah, no. So... <laughs> There were so many things I did that were bad. This is not even the worst thing I did. Really. Didn't you try to flee the country once? But that's a whole other... I, I did flee the country. It wasn't <laughs> technically fleeing the country. I just went to another country and then I came back. <laughs> but that's a totally different story. This this wasn't even related to that. And this was... Was this before that? This was before that. Okay. So... At this point, we're just sneaking out of the house... And then we come back, go to bed, sleep. Um, but I'm banned from school and I basically am suspended until my parents come in and talk to the principal. And so I have to tell my parents, uh, hey, man, you guys have to come and talk to the principal because I'm in trouble at school. <laughs> and my dad's like, 
why is that? So I decide at that point, I make the courageous decision. I'm going to come clean with all the bad shit I've been doing because I figure they're going to find out anyway at some point. And I might as well just get in trouble once and get grounded for whatever, how many months that is instead of get grounded for like some months now. And then they find out about all the other shit and then I get grounded for more months later. Just get grounded all at once. Right. You are so smart. Right. It's like, just peel that bandaid off. So I'm like, yeah, well, there's some other stuff I should tell you. So I tell them all this stuff I've been doing. Tell them about sneaking out of the house. And my dad looks at me dead in the eye. My mom's like pissed and she's a dick about it. My dad, who, my dad and I had a really special relationship. And my dad and I, I really loved and respected my dad. And he meant more to me than anything. And if my dad was disappointed in me, that would, that would really make me more sad than anything. Right. So my dad looks at me and he says, how would you feel if our house caught on fire? And because you didn't come out, I went back in to find you and I was killed. Even at the time in my head, I was like, whoa, that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could appreciate the stroke of parenting genius that I just witnessed right then and there. I was like, that was amazing parenting right there. <laughs> Indeed. And of course, with the with the parenting that with the fact that our neighbor's house had burned down and our friend's house had burned down, it was a legit concern that our house could burn down. It was something that was in my mind from time to time. So that was a real possibility in my mind that it literally could burn down. And if I didn't come out, he might go back in to try to find me. He would. I mean, if if this is someone who would go into your apartment and redecorate your place where you were gone, he would absolutely go try to find you. And we haven't talked about that, but that totally happened. Yeah. So I, even at the time, even though I knew that this was like the world of me getting like completely hashtag busted as much as you can be busted. I was like, that was really good. That <laughs> was really good. Parent genius right yes. there. And the fact that you said hashtag actually reminded me of one more fail. Make it. Nina one day um, said, why is there a hashtag on our, on our house phone? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, that's a pound sign. Pound sign. Oh, you're so silly. That's a hashtag, mom. Well, that makes me think of a parenting win. Because we were at Sunglass Hut one night and Fat Bottom Girls came on the radio, like came on the speakers and Millie went, oh my God, is this Queen? Yes. <laughs> She's like eight. <laughs> and, the, and the girl behind the counter was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> How do you know that? And Millie's like, everybody knows Queen. Queen is the bomb. <laughs> And Definitely. I was like, fuck yeah, parenting done right. Damn straight. So that's a parenting win. Yeah, I, I had the same um, reaction a few years ago when someone made some remark about the Marvel movies and accidentally named Chuck Batman. And AJ looked at him and said, that's DC, not Marvel. And he was like <laughs> eight at the time. And I went, fuck yeah, that's my boy. Rexy took... 
Rexy took Millie out to buy some records for her birthday. She's like, you can buy four records. Or she, she didn't give her a limit. She said, you can buy some records. And Millie was looking at a bunch of different stuff. She looked at Drake and she looked at, I don't know what else, but she ended up coming home with Bowie, <gasps> Whitney Houston, and Queen. My Lord, you have raised your child right. Right? I was like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you right now. Can't even. That's so awesome. Yay. Right? I was like, so- oh no, Frank Sinatra, not Queen. Frank Sinatra was the fourth one. Okay. Yeah, well, Chloe, she- Prince, Whitney Houston, and Frank Sinatra. Oh, that's bloody brilliant. I'm so happy. Oh yeah, that was good. I really was happy with that. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done, mom. Well done. I felt like I really parented right there. Oh, yes. Oh, when your children have good taste in music, what's better? I I think that's true. And uh, I think that that's probably our topic for tonight. I think so. We've we've pretty well exhausted that. Okay, we haven't exhausted our fails, but we've exhausted the most humorous fails. And we've got good- we've got so many more that we can share with you at other times. Oh, but Lord. for now, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being with us every week. We hope you'll drink with us again next week. If you want to hear more from us, read about our cocktails. Our website's alwaysneverwrite.com. There's links to the Facebook page, which is Always Never Write Podcast. You can join us, start a dialogue with us. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about, we have Instagram at Always Never Write. Pretty pictures of the drinks. I do those. I like to think that they're pretty. They're very pretty. We also have Twitter at Always Never Write. Yes, but no ease whatever you want um email us on our website there's links to our emails um gina does all of our podcast editing i do the social media so if you have questions if there's something you want to hear if there's something you have more questions about or if there's something you want clarification on that we've talked about during an episode we're happy to address that in a future episode or maybe elaborate on it when we can so and if there's a topic we haven't covered yet that you really want to hear about, like, why don't you guys ever talk about music from the 90s, you're fucking Gen Xers? We'll talk <laughs> about music from the 90s. Yeah, we'll talk about whatever you want, man. We're cool with that. And uh, remember, we're just not professional advice givers. So if you need professional advice givers, please seek help. Do whatever you need to do to make yourself healthy and happy. Um, we hope that this makes you a little bit happy. And that's why you listen to us. Um, I know subscribe. we make us happy. So hopefully <laughs> we make you happy, but yeah, subscribe, leave a review. We prefer the five star, but you know, be honest. <laughs> Cause yeah, we'll take honesty, even if it's a one star and you can give us some constructive criticism on things that we can do better. That's always helpful. We really appreciate that. Oh, heck so, yes. This has been another phenomenal episode of always never. Right. I'm Jill Farrell. And I'm Gina Biggs. And thank you so much for making us a part of your week. We'll talk more next week, my dolls. And we're very happy to have you here and come drink with us. And thank you. Yay, booze. Yay, booze. Standard disclaimer. Always Never Write is in no way, shape, or form performed or produced by professional advice givers. We've just lived a lot. So if any of our life experiences prove useful, we're happy to share, especially if we can share in an entertaining way. 
But if you have serious problems, please see a therapist, doctor, psychiatrist, life coach, or someone who is actually trained to know what the hell they're doing when passing out advice. Also, please note that most names and the descriptions of many events have been modified to both make things more entertaining and to protect the innocent, the not-so-innocent, and the flat-out guilty as sin assholes.